A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Penis. Peanut. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Set the tone. Set the tone from the top. Gemma Peanut on the gram along with my co-host, Revs. Hello. Hi. I'm in a mood today. I'm in a mood too. Like a good mood. Yeah, it's a silly, fun weekend mood. Well, I'm in an especially good mood because I had a whole week off my kids. Dude, tell us all about it. Talk dirty to us. Went away for work to Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Didn't have to wipe anyone's ass. Oh, keep going. <laughs> Didn't have to feed anyone breakfast. Woo-wee! <laughs> so good. It was the best. And do you know what I realised? What? Is that I'm just not cut out for parenting. Such an awkward realisation when you're two kids deep. Well, it was really confronting to me to realise <laughs> that I just didn't miss them until... Uh-huh. The day that I came back. And then I got all that, oh, oh yeah. I'm itching to see them. But up until that point, I was like, what, kids? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I yeah. get it. I have also felt that. I think that's okay. It's okay, right? I mean, I just feel so burnt out from parenting at the moment that having that separation was everything I needed. Like, I slept like a log. Oh, I bet. And I did that whole waking up naturally oh. and reaching for my phone and it wasn't 5am, it was 7. Mm-hmm. Like, such a reasonable Ooh, hour. So reasonable. My kids are waking up before 5 at the moment. Oh, that blows. It especially blows because we're about to go into daylight savings ending or starting or whatever it does when it goes back. So if they're waking Waking at five, they're gonna wake at four. No, that shit ain't right. I know. What do I do though? We're all gonna hold hands, and the motherhood collective of Australia, we're all gonna grit our teeth and bear it together because it's gonna suck. And it always creeps up on me every time. Like every now and then, I see these things. It's like, oh, the next seven nights, put your kid to bed ten minutes earlier, later. I, I, my head can't handle daylight savings. I can't understand it. Someone goes, the clocks go forward. I'm like, cool. I don't get it. Just tell me. Will 5am today be 4am tomorrow? That's what okay. I need to know. So someone gave me a tip for this. Right. Because I never know if the clocks are going forwards or back. And if, if they are, what does that mean for me? Just let me tell you the little rule of thumb, okay. which is to spring forward and fall back. So we're in autumn, which is uh, fall. fall. So we're going to so fall back. So the clocks back. will go back. Which is that brutal thing, as you said, which means the kids will be waking up yeah, like four, at 4 a.m. Don't have the solution <laughs> with how to deal with that. But cute rhyme. Thanks so much. <laughs> Spring forward, fall back. Fall back, I will, into a pile of my own depression. <laughs> that makes two of us. So, okay, so you're not cut out for parenting. Look, it's an unpopular view Sure. that you enjoy your job more than you enjoy parenting. This is the thing. I love my kids more than anything. That's a given. Yeah, this is the distinction you need to make. It's not that you don't love your children. It's you don't like parenting. No. The day-to-day grind grind of the Groundhog Day bullshit. You hate that. It's such a grind. It's such a grind. It's repetitive, monotonous, boring. (laughs) Like, I really (laughs) struggle with it. And look, I do believe that some people are suited to kids of certain ages. Sure. And I feel like I'm not great at ages one and two. What ages do you think you'll be good at? I feel like I'm... 21 g- and 23. <laughs> I'll be ready to be a grandparent one day. Yeah, but then you'll... I know the exact grandparent you're going to be. What? You're going to be like, oh, I'll have them all their fun and then bye, I've got my own life, done it already, see ya. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like what my mum is. She gives them two million percent when yeah. she's with them and then she like can't wait to hand them back and is like, I'm out the door. Sorry, hon. Can't. Yeah. Got to. Bye. Yeah. Vroom. Yeah. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be that one too. But this was the interesting revelation about me going away. My husband was amazing. Oh, great. And do you know what? He goes away quite frequently yeah. for work. And I'm very like, grumble, grumble, fuck you. How dare grumble? You More like, wah, whingy, whingy. Yeah, I'm whingy woo. All right, <laughs> I'm whingy woo. I'll own it. He goes away and I almost like punish him for it. Yeah. So every good. time we jump on FaceTime, I'm like, here are your kids. <laughs> you know, I'm like, just <laughs> awful. 
And then this whole week I was away, he was just all over it and so good about it. And he would call me at bedtime and he'd be like, bye, mummy. We love you. We miss you. Just amazing. And then when I arrived home, he was like, hi, babe. And I was like, how are you? He's like, great. Had a great week. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck him. What's he, what's he playing at? Well, I feel like there are two things at play here. Okay. So part of me feels like he's playing the... What are you complaining about? This is really easy card. Tassag. Yes. <laughs> Where he may have had a really challenging week, but he's trying to do the whole, I'm just going to lead by example and show Jem that actually parenting isn't that bad and she needs to get over herself. So he's parenting you. Or he's trying to earn brownie points so he can go out and do more surfing without me raging at him. Because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, I did this really great week of parenting and I didn't complain about it. So when I go surfing like 20 million times a week, don't complain back. Yeah, I got to say, when my kids were your kids' age, although I had more of a gap, so I think you've got it really rough. Like, I know we always say, you're in the trenches, but you really are in the double toddler trenches. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal there. Does Iggy count as a toddler, though? He's not walking yet. He's a toddler. Okay. In my head, he's still a baby. He needs entertaining now. Yes. He's not a tantrum yet, though, has he? As soon as Rafa gets food, he's like... Where's mine? Yeah. And that's the only tantrum I've seen from him. It's always associated with food. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Keep that kid fed. He's definitely my kid. Oh my he gets God. the hangers. Yeah, Teddy Teddy gets hangry too. Yeah. But he will rage on, but he can't, he doesn't know he's hungry. And if I suggest to him that he's hungry, he turns into little baby Hulk. And he's like, I'm not hungry. I'm not tired. Whatever I've suggested. And he can't handle that. So I have to just be like, oh, I'm going to have some salami. And he's like, can I have some? (laughs) Well played, mama. Yeah. I feel like my theater directing really comes in handy with tyrannical toddlers because that's kind of what actors are. (laughs) So you can't tell them what to do. You just have to be like, Maybe, I don't know, I'm just having this wild idea. Maybe you're hungry. Should we try that? Oh my God, it's such a psychological minefield. It like, is. So many games. So many games need to be played with these. See, relationship games aren't just reserved for lovers. No, also for the babies. Oh. So what are you going to do now that you know you're stuck in a life you're not cut out for? Oh God, look, the days are long, but the years are short and I'm trying to not wish any of it away. Yes. But I realise that it's going back to that motherhood mental load. I'm just carrying too much. Yeah. But you're working so hard at the moment and you've got a lot of plates spinning at once. Yes. I'm kind of like, I know it's not cool to say I'm busy. I know it. that's not cool now. Everyone calls that the cult of busy and whatever, but it's so bloody real. Who isn't busy? Who's it's, a parent? All of us are busy. Yeah. Everyone's, but even people who aren't parents, we're all fucking busy. It's all relative, right? Like everyone is busy to their own standard of busy. And I don't know. I hate that I can't, I guess I've got you and I've got this podcast to whinge about being busy, but everyone is just so down on saying you're busy at the moment. Yeah. It's not cool. And I get it. People use it as status or whatever, but people use any wanky thing as status busy as a mum is so real oh it's realer than real and sometimes it's painfully real it's painfully real and sometimes you're busy with stuff you don't even want to do in fact most of it is busy with stuff you don't even want to do for me it's laundry yeah laundry it eats away at my soul (laughs) and hubs has got enough household duties yeah laundry for whatever reason i chose more fool me. It piles up. Iggy came along. It like quadrupled. Yes. All the regrets. But here we are. Here we are. And here I am with a podcast with my best friend to complain about it all too. <laughs> Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to me, to what my mum says, which is you love your children. It doesn't mean you always have to like them. Yeah. And I think when Rafa is really pushing my buttons, testing me, refusing to put clothes on to oh, leave the house. Is that where you're at at the well, moment? Well, just that battle. I'm like, Yeah, the leaving what? the house battle is so real. I know. <laughs> and it's that thing where I go, I'm a grown-ass woman. Why am I sitting here negotiating with a fucking terrorist? <laughs> Maybe you need to go to the smartwatch. I know she's super little. She's probably way too little. But Isla gets a star if she beats her reminder of her sh- getting her shoes on. <gasps> So I've set a reminder for 7.45 every morning, put your shoes on. If she does it the first time it beeps on her, she gets a star. If she beats it, she gets two stars. Okay, hold up. I feel like for our dear listeners, we need to rewind. (laughs) Can you explain what a smartwatch is? Yes. So my six-year-old daughter has the Garmin Vivo Fit 
three junior whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's a Garmin smartwatch for kids. It's about $60 and she wears it every day. She wears it to bed. If you're obsessed with sleep, like I seem to still be, you can watch how they sleep when they wake up and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. But the best thing is it's the ultimate bribery tool because you can set challenges and rewards on their watch and they get these little stars and Ooh. then they can redeem the stars for something they want. And then each of those rewards has a price of how many stars. And do you preset that? Is there like yeah. an app? There's an app that connects and you together you sit down and decide what the rewards are going to be and then you, she gets stars. And then there's built-in things like activity, which is great. So if she hits her like step count, it unlocks another level on the game for oh her God, that's on that's the app. so good. Yeah, it's awesome. She loves it and she, it never itches her or anything because it's made of all this good stuff. Anyway, all the kids at her school had one, so she got one from Santa this year. Question. Yes. How many stars does she have to accumulate to get a reward and what is the reward? So you set the price for whatever it is. So at like 20 stars you can go to the zoo, five stars you can choose dinner, or she's got stay up late because she loves to stay up late. Oh in my god, commas. I love that. That's a treat for her. Yeah, because she loves to stay up past Teddy. Teddy goes to bed at seven and, sh- and sometimes we'll say, oh, okay, you can stay up late and spend five of your stars because I don't want to go to the zoo. So spend them on staying up late and we'll put you to bed at 7.30. Why is there so much shade at the zoo? Oh, I'm not a fan of the zoo. I know people love the zoo and we have the best zoo in the world in Sydney. We have fucking Taronga Zoo. I know, it's just an expensive... Don't shit on the zoo. I, no, I'm not shitting on the zoo. It's great. But the animals are always asleep and then you just have to go to the gift shop and buy something to make them feel better about not seeing the awake lion. Disagree. Okay. I was brought up. Yeah, yeah. This is the saddest story ever. Tell the people. (laughs) I'm just going to preface this with, if you think the story where people tell their kids that if the music's playing in the ice cream chuck, that means they've run out of ice cream is sad, this trumps it. Dear listeners, my parents had a hard and fast rule that we were never allowed to buy merchandise as kids, ever. Which meant absolutely nada, nothing, niente, from the gift shop. Straight up not allowed. And you know where gift shops are positioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they all They force con. you to walk yeah, through it. Yeah, yeah. Right at the end. So you had to walk through knowing you weren't allowed to touch anything. Hard and fast rule, nothing. Oh, brutal. Yeah. And I've just grown up always knowing that. So then I would just stare longingly at other kids walking off with their tiger or flamingo or dolphin or whatever it is they've bought from the aquarium. The thing that they would discard 24 hours later and never play with ever again. Well, this was my mum's argument. Yeah, she's not wrong. Was that the markup on merchandise is outrageous. And it's shit. Yeah, and she said you'll love it in the car ride home and then you get home and you won't give a shit about it anymore. Yeah. But the one time she caved... (gasps) We went to Disneyland. Well, yes. I got Minnie Mouse ears. Aww. And I fucking cherished those ears because I knew how much of a big deal it was that we were allowed to pick something from the gift shop. Yeah. And I've got all these photos with them. And I understand now, looking back, that I wouldn't have appreciated those pieces of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> If mum hadn't deprived me. So I guess there's a lesson in that. Well, I've done this with slime. Oh, pray tell. I fucking hate slime. Slime, gack, those things you stick on the window that like fall down. Anything that's like gooey and sticky, I can't fuck with. Cannot get around it. I haven't entered that stage of kidhood yet, but I'm fucking terrified because I hate Play-Doh. So slime. Oh no, Play-Doh is like a luxurious spa day compared to slime. Slime is disgusting. It gets in your rugs. It gets in your clothes. It stains things. It gets under your fingernails. I just hate it. I really hate it. So from day one, I told them, I said, it's a, it's mummy's thing. Mummy hates slime. And we have a hard no slime rule. And they've totally accepted it. They've never even tried to push it. See? Kids are adaptable. Yeah. You can draw those lines. You really can. Your mum's actually told me that that she had that rule before and she sold it to me as like it was like you don't touch the mini bar in a hotel room yes because it's just like a 17 dollar coke or whatever so you just don't go near yep. it same thing grew yeah. up we just it was a no-go zone it was like a non-negotiable no for her no merch no mini bar so are you gonna do this are you gonna do it for your kids absolutely but i've got one other thing that i want to implement which my parents did for me but then i realize it might not be relevant because cars might not be a thing when our kids are teenagers. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm wishing, hoping for a future where cars are completely automated. Yeah. 
and you just kind of hitch a car yeah. via an app and then you jump in it and they're driverless and they just take you from A to B and I'm wishing for a very safe world, of course. But if we're not there yet, what my parents did for me with my first car was they matched dollar for dollar whatever I could save for oh, a car. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't think they expected me to be able to save five grand. Ooh. So they had to match me five grand. And I got my first car was a $10,000 Holden Barina. I remember that car. Yes. And I was so proud of it. What and was her name? She was blue. Sierra. Sierra. Yes, Sierra, because she was the color of the sea and the air. And Ra. Oh, my God. We know my weird logic with nicknames. Yeah. It makes no sense. Wait, your car, Ra, and now your daughter, Ra Ra. <laughs> Orkies. Orkies. I really do think that because my parents made me work for it, that I valued that car. Yes. Like, I cared for that car like nothing else. So, wait, if you take Rafa to Frozen... She's not getting the light-up wand that every other kid in the audience has to wave at halftime? Fuck no. <gasps> You're going to sit there in the middle of a sea of girls in Elsa dresses waving their light-up wand and Rafa's just not going to have one. I can't handle the plastic junk that that is to begin with. Yep. Don't want it in my house. Yeah, but in the moment, in the theatre while they're singing, let it go, let it go, and everyone's waving their wand, you're going to be like, nope, cross your arms, sorry, nope, hard no merch rule. Okay, how much are tickets to Frozen? I know, I know it's a con. I'm totally with you. It's all a con, and those gift shop things are crap, and merch is bullshit, it's bad for the environment, clutters up your house, they don't play with it for long or whatever. So what's your argument? So it's the moment and the memories, right? Okay, hold up. The moment and the memories, she is going to remember the show. No, she won't. She'll remember looking around and be like, every other kid had a wand. No, she won't. Do you know why? My parents didn't deprive me from theatre. We were allowed all of that stuff. Never allowed merch. Never once felt like I missed out. Yeah. I don't look back and go... I never got that wand. Yeah, because they are like 40 bucks or something it's ridiculous. Absurd. And they'd been made for like $3 in China or whatever. Do you know what I'm more inclined to get her is the program. Yeah, totally. Which is also expensive. Yes. I feel like there's relevance in that for years yeah. onwards. Yeah, she can look at it and like love it forever. I kept all my show programs for years. They were like my pride and joy. Totally. I was the same. But tell me, how many parents have bought the plastic spinny-winny lighty-up wand thing Taken it home, it's run out of battery, and then they're like, oh, we'll just replace the batteries and give it a second life. I hear crickets. Revs, she's gone quiet. I bought like four or five of them. <laughs> We've been to that many things. Of course you have. I just feel like I can't be the, the parent who didn't get their kid the wand, but I guess I can be. Of course you can be. There's a greater lesson in it all. But I don't do you know. Have, do you then have to do the whole brief in the car on the way there? Like, there's going to be a lot of merch. Just letting you know, but we're not getting it. My memory growing up was mum was like, nope, nope, waste of money. We don't buy these things. Yeah, you won't right. love them later. And I was always like, no, but I will. <laughs> After walking through the 10th merch store empty-handed, I learned, oh, no, she means business. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to budge. She's not bending. Oh, nothing takes the edge of $160 worth of tickets like a toddler tantrum in the middle of Frozen. <laughs> okay, haven't experienced that yet. May feel differently in that moment. <laughs> guess we'll see oh my god i would love it if you were actually at frozen and rafa's like waving a wand in the air and someone like paps you <laughs> it's gonna happen <laughs> oh no it's gonna happen they're gonna be like jem you fucking hypocrite <laughs> you're so full of shit you're such a martyr for lessons oh yes we have to share a really fun story with our dear listeners what dear listener you know what never happens <laughs> Having a full face of perfect makeup, hair done beautifully, a banging outfit, and then running into your ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that never happens. That never happens. But guess who it happened to? the great and you were there with me and i was there to witness it all dear listeners it never happens i've run into exes before but in active wear with greasy hair and like a giant pimple on my left cheek yeah and in that situation you just want to houdini the fuck out of there but in this situation you were like let me bask in my put togetherness oh my god it was so funny guys because jem was with me she knows the full history of this guy it was really out of context when we ran into 
him. He could not have been more out of context. Revs and I have worked out this excellent thing where we do what's called impromptu dinners because we've worked out that as busy working mums, yes, I'm using the word busy, get over it, <laughs> that it's impossible to organise a dinner date. Like, yep. you know what it's like is where you put your feelers out to a group of friends and it's like, hey, babe, can we do dinner? And everyone's like, yep, throw some dates out. And then suddenly you're fast forwarding six months and you finally land on a date. Well, Revs and I have started doing this thing where it's four o'clock in the afternoon. We'll be like, hey, free for dinner tonight and just throw it out there. It's almost the only way. And more often than not, two or three or four of us can make it. And then it's this great, fun, impromptu evening. So anyway, this was one of those moments. So off we went to my local pub. I was coming from work, so it's all done up. I will note, though, that we were both wearing white, and it was that awkward, like, was there a memo? I don't remember there being a memo, but here we are. And it wasn't like cream and off-white. We were both in, like, bright white dresses. So it was a bit like, hello, christening. A bit like, we're here to play with you, Stephen. Or whatever that that thing from The Shining is. But the best part about this, guys, was I was with Jem. This guy walked over, and he was like, Kate, Jem, what are you doing here? We're like, why are you here? And I could feel you just radiating joy next to me. Like your eyes were burning into the side of my face. Like, I can't believe this is happening. She looks so good. And we've run into him today. We could have been any day, but it's right now. Like you were like a jumping jelly bean. I feel like your ex would have read on my head. Damn, Kate, you look great. Perfect day to run into an ex like stamped on my forehead. (laughs) I was beside myself because that never happens. Never happens. You always kick yourself for looking like absolute shit when you run into your ex. Or you like have to run and hide. And I didn't even see him until he'd already seen me and was like coming down the stairs and there would not have been anywhere to hide. He would have just died over the fact that you and I were together because I think the last time we saw him, <laughs> we were no probably joke, together. And it would have been our early 20s? Yeah. 20s? Yeah. So this guy, Rebs's ex, was the one before the one. Yes. He was never the one. No, he, he was the one before the one. <laughs> oh yeah, dear listeners, if you're hardcore committed listeners to the show, you will know that I've mentioned this particular ex once because I basically forced Revs to move on from him because yeah. I felt like he was bad news. Yes, I got an ultimatum from you about him. So you can imagine my delight. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the fascinating thing though. We ended up getting chatting to him because we hadn't seen him in so long and we're all in different places in our lives. Yeah. But then we talked to him for what, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. yeah. And then we parted ways with him only to realize he didn't ask one thing about us. Not a single thing. Not one question. He just talked at us about him. He just word vomited his whole life onto us. Yeah. And then it made me look back at the whole relationship and be like, yep, that was pretty much the dynamic. And no, he hasn't changed. No. Even though he's become a father. Yeah. He hasn't changed. Yeah. It's all about planet him. Yeah. It's just so interesting when you're in those things, you just cannot see that. And then with some distance and with like giving no shits, you're like, huh, huh, wow, that's what that was. Yeah. I couldn't help but ask him a million and one questions because we hadn't seen him in so long that I was like, where are you living? What are you doing? How's your partner? How's your son? It was like an outpouring. I was genuinely interested. And it wasn't until we sat down later that you went, did you notice he asked us nothing? And I was like, oh my God, he didn't even ask how our kids were, which is what most people ask. Yeah. But nothing. And there's no getting away with it now with social media. You do have some idea of where people are at in their lives yeah. without having seen them. That's always a bit of a dance, though, isn't it? Especially with exes. Because you don't want to give away that you've had a look at their life online. Sure. But he didn't even say, how are you? No, he didn't. He literally just went, I'm here because of this, yeah. and I'm here because of that, and I'm doing this, and wank, 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 wank. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, it was a delightful moment. It was. Just one of those wins in life, you know? Sometimes you win. Do you know what? It does make me reflect a little bit about if I ran into my ex. Oh. Because, controversial, the last time I saw my ex... You were still a couple. We were still a couple. Because <sighs> oh, we broke up... When we were apart apart in different cities. Yeah. And he never even did the closure thing or anything. No, he asked for that, but I didn't give him that. God, I hope I never run into your ex. (sighs) Just preparing my punch over here. (laughs) 
dear listeners, I wish you could see Rebs's cartoon tough face. I've got my Taurus bull on and I'm a cancer. <laughs> but also your Botox is preventing you from looking really mean. Yes, if I ran into him, he'd probably think I was being really friendly. <laughs> because my Botox wouldn't allow me to show my true emotion, which is pure hate. <laughs> Do you know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for? Worms. Be specific. Thread worms. Bum worms. Ew. Kid worms. Is this your first experience of worms? I had my first experience. It was another parental rite of passage that I really didn't enjoy, much like gastro. I had heard about these mythical worms that I realise are not mythical. They are, in fact, very real. Very, very real. Revs had told me about them before, and... I'll never forget when you first told me about your kids getting worms. And I was like, ew, never my kids. Like, I was just like, that'll never happen to me. I remember specifically asking you, how do you know when your kids have worms? And you said, oh, babe, you can see them. (laughs) And can I just paint a picture of my imagination? Earthworm. Oh. Coming out of a bum hole. That was what I was imagining. That's terrifying. Yeah. So I was mortified and thought, ah. Not my kids, not me, not on my watch, like never. And then my kids got worms. But for any dear listeners who have yet to experience the joys of thread worms, I would like to tell you that yes, yes, you do see the worms in your kids' anuses. No, it's not an earthworm. It's more like a grain of rice. That's how people describe it. Oh, I would I would say a grain of rice is even too big. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I, they won't mature. Ew, mature ones. <laughs> My experience of what I witnessed was more like bits of cotton tufts. Oh, yeah. Like a thread of cotton. That's yes. why they're called threadworms. Yes. So they're tiny, but can't unsee it. Can't unsee it. There's no escaping it. Well, you don't always know instantly, which makes me think Rafa had them for a bit. I think you're right. Dear listeners, something I also learnt is that it can really fuck with your kids' moods. Oh, hardcore. And their sleep. Yep. It's so gross, but the worms come out at night, so they sit in your poo tract, <laughs> and then they poke themselves out onto the anus and lay eggs at night. Why at night? No one knows. Or well, someone will know, but I don't know. You know what? It's been a while since we talked about poo. Yeah. <laughs> it was about time, really. It was really. about time we got into a gross-out session. I think they probably come out at night because there's not much activity. Oh. Really, they're probably just out to get mums. They're just out to fuck with mums. Yes. <laughs> like, Be- when can we fuck up mum's life? I know, about 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. And then about 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Because that's what was happening to yeah. Rafa. She was going bonkers at like 9 p.m. Yeah. So she would go to bed at 7 and then she'd wake up at 9 irritated. Irritated and upset. But not able to articulate. She doesn't know. Oh, my bum's crawling with worms. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. And she was just irritable and aggro and I just put it down to a stage. But then one day, clear as day, I caught her with her hand digging for gold. Ew. And I said, Rafa, what are you doing? Don't do that. And she straight up just said, Mommy, my bottom's itchy. And I went, oh. oh. The good news is, dear listener, in case you're sitting there in a state of despair, which I can completely understand, It's so easy to treat. Yeah, it's really straightforward. And I never thought I'd say this sentence out loud in my life ever, but I'll take threadworms over nits any day. Oh, 100p. Nits, fuck my life. (laughs) I know, you've been deep in the knit hole. Nits moved into my house and have just been like, we live here now. We live here now and we're not going to pay rent. We're just here, just tormenting you in your sleep, in your everyday life. You can buy all the products. Who spent $280 at Priceline? Uh, This sucker. I believe it. New brushes, spray for the pillows, spray for the hair, different hair ties, shower caps, treatments, specific type of conditioner, a metal comb that's better for the environment when I just bought $280 of other plastic crap. Like, it's the biggest joke, and they're laughing at me. They're sitting in my kids' heads being like, she thinks she can kick us out, but we're here to stay. Oh, man. I mean, the whole treatment process of Nick feels so labor intensive yeah. and then all it takes is for you to throw your kid back at school yep. and, and then back. more nits are like Woohoo! And they're back. let's have a holiday at Rebs' house yeah that's it whereas with threadworms yeah your kid just eats a piece of chocolate yep. from the pharmacy it's hot, amazing hot tip 
worm them every term. Yes. Even if you don't see worms or anything, my mum did that. I've taken that on and it really does work and it's not harmful to give them this chocolate once a term, but it creeps up on you and you can often be caught at that 9pm at night without any treatment in the house. No pharmacies open. No pharmacies open and then you've got a rough night ahead of you with a really distressed kid and once you know what it is you're like I wish I could stop it and help them but there's nothing you can do. And you have to treat your whole family so you buy this little block of chocolate and you each have a couple of pieces or one piece or whatever the recommended dose is. But go on weight not on age. Yeah. Because my kids have always been taller and bigger than their age and they need an extra square. Ah. Yeah, otherwise it doesn't kill them. And then I learnt they need another piece of chocolate two weeks later yep. in case the first batch of worms yep. laid eggs yep. and they hatch. And then you got them again. I mean, it's so hatch. fucking gross. And it's when they're not in nappies that they become more susceptible. Yes. So my GP said if they're in nappies, they almost can't scratch their butt and then they don't get them under their nails and they don't eat them and then they don't have the cycle. But the kids who are in... Un- I know, it's so gross. I'm, I'm just dry retching over here. <laughs> but the, kids- the idea of these little white thread worms being like, woohoo, we made it to the nails and then woohoo, we made it to the mouth and then <laughs> woohoo, down the something <laughs> and it's like, guys, guys, it's night. Let's go out and lay some eggs. Yeah, party! <laughs> and then they're like, oh shit, our host has woken up and is crying. Anyone want to go out and fuck with some mums? <laughs> Grab your torch. <laughs> oh my god, the life cycle of worms. It's disgusting. But yeah, I'd take worms over nits any day of the week. I have a stockpile of that chocolate at all times because I don't want to be caught without it. And fun fact, they don't have it in the UK. So my dad used to package it up and ship it to me. So I had it. My dad was always like, wow, what a glamorous care package. It was like Isla's asthma puffer <laughs> and some and worming chocolate. <laughs> I was like, woohoo, shipment. <laughs> so Revzy, mm. what don't you have time for this week? Do you know what I don't have time for? What, my darling? Being in charge of gifting for my whole family, my family, inside our nuclear family, and my husband's family and oh, friends. Oh, no. You're doing it wrong. I know. It was UK Mother's Day last weekend. Yeah. And we forgot because it's not the same date as Mother's Day here. Yeah. So it starts popping up on Instagram at like 10.30 at night. I'm scrolling and it's happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day from people I follow in the UK. And I was like, oh, fuck, we forgot. And it- isn't that the point when your husband goes, oh, shit, I better organize something for my mum? No. No, I'll tell you what happened. I'm like, babe, it's UK Mother's Day. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I thought it might be. And I was like, shit, like, we've got to get something for your mum. And he's like, oh, she'll be fine. She doesn't mind. Let me just give you some backstory. My mother-in-law has been in UK lockdown for a year. She is shielded because she has previous health issues. She has literally been in her house for a year. If anyone needs a delivery of joy from her most beloved child who ran away to Australia, it's her. So I'm like, babe, no, we have to send her something. We can't just leave her high and dry. And he's like, no, no, she's fine. So he like records a quick video and sends her a like, love you, mom. Happy Mother's Day video. And I was like, doesn't fucking cut it. And I can't have it because I feel like it reflects badly on me. Ah, that's something you got to learn to let go of. I went through this with my hubsy. And I've learnt to relinquish that whole, oh, but it looks so bad on me being his wife. Yeah. I don't give a shit anymore. Because I know it's bullshit. It really is on him, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, he's, she's not my mother. <laughs> no, she's not. But also, once again, why are women yeah. carrying the mental load of that responsibility for your partner's family? I, I'm really cut and dried about this with hubs now. I got to a point where I was stressing over gifts for his sisters, his mum, his dad, and now we've got nephews and nieces and so on and so forth. I've said to Hubs, I'm happy to look after the kids. Yeah. I had to wear the pain one year where we turned up to a family dinner for his dad's birthday and we were empty handed because he didn't remember to get him a gift, even though I reminded him. But I was like, no, I'm not going to micromanage you. Yeah. I'm not going to hold your hand through this and take one for the team and go and organize a gift. I gave him so many opportunities 
And we turned up and I literally went to my father-in-law. He's super cool. And I just said, Bilza, doing this new thing where I'm letting him deal with all the gift giving. And sorry, he didn't organize it in time for your birthday. I'm all about open communication. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> I know. Everyone must think, oh, God, Jem, you're so insufferable. But I'm just trying to pave a path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. <laughs> I know. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> We have the internet now. I know. There is no excuse. I mean, did you lean on Amazon yeah. or something? Yeah. Just jumped on Amazon, sent around a gift. Yeah. And what? It arrived in a couple of hours? Yeah. And I'm happy that she thinks, oh, Graham sent that. Oh, I love him. Because she has declared him her favorite child. Yeah, but that's <laughs> bullshit that that still fell on you. Like we don't experience enough guilt as mothers. And, and then you have to deal with daughter-in-law guilt. But I love my in-laws. I love mine. Nah, you obviously don't. Oh, my God. I love mine like... <laughs> crazy but this is the benefit for me is that my mother-in-law and my sisters-in-law are like fiercely feminist yeah so they get it so when I declared that to them they were like yeah yeah you shouldn't have to worry about gift giving on our side of the family on top of everything else that you do yeah but like I I like to be involved in what we're giving them because I want them to have something good my husband is notoriously the worst gifter in the world There's nothing wrong with workshopping ideas with them. For me, it's the whole admin of purchasing and then wrapping it if it doesn't come gift wrapped, like all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I implemented this rule with my husband two years ago and now he steps up. When it's Mother's Day, he needs to organise flowers for his own mum. Yeah. Because I also have a mum who I need to organise shit for. Yeah. So now he knows and he's gotten better at it. Mother's Day. I mean... Like, I get bubkiss on Mother's Day. I'd be lucky to get a handmade card that school did. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Aww. That Graham might pull out of the bottom of the bag that morning. Um, I'll get coffee in bed. But you're such a basic bitch. I know. That's so, what upsets me. You're so easy to shop for. I'm so easy. I love a basic bitch rosé. I love flowers. I love candles. Love perfume. Like, I'm so straightforward. Love a coffee table book. I feel like I, I could... Know, but my husband has a special talent of, like, he'll be like, okay, cool, I'll get flowers. And somehow he'll come home with the ugliest, cheapest gerberas or something <laughs> in the shop. Not gerberas. Babe, he is so Scottish. <laughs> he'll be like, oh, these ones are only seven bucks. And they're yellow. Lovely. <laughs> he'll never come home with, like, beautiful hydrangeas or roses. I mean, roses. He would just balk at the price. <laughs> I'm going to have a little chat with Graham. Oh, see how that goes. See how that goes. And I used to think, I know, I'm going to make the best Father's Day because I just love gifts. I love giving gifts. I like making people's birthdays special. I like surprising people. I'm just one of those people that's into that kind of thing. So I was like, I'm going to go hard on Father's Day just to show him what it could be. No, it doesn't work. He doesn't. He's like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Doesn't register. My husband's the same. His love language is not receiving gifts. Oh, what is it? He has no interest in it. His love language would probably be physical touch. Yeah. And quality time. Yeah. He loves quality time. Yeah. Gift receiving, like lowest on his priority. I love how with like the love languages, no one says that they like receiving gifts. Oh, it's my top love language. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear you say that. It is my top. I mean, so closely second with quality time because I'm a big quality time person. But if someone gives me a gift, I feel disproportionately special. (laughs) Okay. So what is your love language? I would say that receiving gifts is up there for me, but it's not at the top like it is for you yeah what are the love languages again uh they are physical touch yep words of affirmation that's my husband's top one words of affirmation um gifts quality time and acts of service (sighs) acts of service yeah my husband that's how he shows love is acts of service oh i wish that was what my husband did it's amazing like he he will clean the whole house if i'm late home (gasps) from work see and that gets me so hot under the collar (laughs) No, I know that's really lame. Like, we know that I'm a cheap date with, like, Bridgerton. And I, like, watch that show and I'm like, <laughs> tipsy with lust. But Was that the most convoluted way of saying I'm quick to come? <laughs> yes, it was. That gets you hot under the collar. A clean house. Woo! Look out. <laughs> 
when my husband empties the dishwasher without oh. me asking, I'm like, oh, babe, oh, take me to the bedroom. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> throw me down. It's so hot. Yeah, I'm really spoiled there. Graham does a lot of acts of service. So let me ask you this, because he does and performs a lot of acts of service. Do you kind of take it for granted? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, I do. And like, that's how he shows love to my parents. He'll go and like fix the TV or put a painting up or take this out of the garage or fill up a skip or something. It's, oh my God. It's and like, he's handy. Andy. I know, he's really handy. But that's his love language. And I think words of affirmation is how he needs to receive it. Right. And are you good at delivering yes. words of affirmation? Yes, I think so. Don't you think I'm good at words of affirmation? I would say so. I'm happy to be his hype girl. But yeah, mine are gifts and quality time, for sure. So mine are definitely acts of service and quality time. I think my showing of love is acts of service and gifts. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think you think acts of service is Maybe your it's way. words of affirmation. I reckon it's words of affirmation. No, I will show up and help if someone's in need. <laughs> That's not acts of service. Yes, it is. No, it's not. That's when someone's in need. Oh, okay. Acts of service, I reckon, is when you just do it without being asked. Yeah, I do that, don't I? Hey, I did all your gastro laundry without being asked. Yeah, and shrunk my dresses in the process. No good deed goes unpunished. I'll never live this down. Those beautiful King of Scylla dresses we were gifted and I shrunk them. It's okay. Is there still a code? I don't know. Is the code still active? Because I need to buy you a replacement. It just makes me laugh because it's like something my mother-in-law did. And then my bestie came over with the best intentions of helping and then shrunk a whole load of other dresses. So now I have no dresses. Oh, shit. Yeah, my husband does that too. Even though he does so much domestically, he does often. I'm such a brat. I'll often be like, oh, my God, what happened to my dress? It's now really short. And why is this white thing grey? Like, I'm such a brat about it. And he's never said to me which he could hey if you've got specific laundry needs do it yourself does he do the laundry yes what i you... cook i cook no that's a fair call my husband cooks so and i, I do... do the bathroom which oh. is a shit thing that's a shit job get a cleaner i know i want to it's on my vision board <laughs> <laughs> i thought you had one oh, i put everything i had into vacky kennedy <laughs> that's like a year's worth of a cleaner <laughs> No, I do the deep clean on the bathroom, which is such a shit job, pun intended. No, it is. That's a fair trade for laundry. Yeah. The one downside to living in an apartment is that my husband can't have his own toilet. Ah. You know, boys are just gross. And I don't want to be around that. But, oh, well, here we are. Question. Yeah. Does your husband pee and still miss the bowl? No. And this is something I am so motivated with, with Teddy. Yep. I am on him, like white on rice, whatever that phrase means, <laughs> about toilet hygiene and cleanliness. Because I want one day when he is, falls in love with someone or moves in with someone or is a flatmate, that they're not like, fucking Teddy Robertson is the grossest motherfucker in town. <laughs> I want them to be like, didn't even know he was there. Yes. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. If you dribble a bit, get a bit of toilet paper, wipe it up, flush it. Look after your fellow humans. Do the men in your house put the toilet seat down? Yes, they do. Great. Because I had to train hubs to do that. Yeah. My mother-in-law, thank you, Pat, trained my husband well there. But he's not immaculate in other ways. So this is my goal with Teddy is to send him out into the world with good bathroom respect. What about cleaning up skid marks in the toilet because I'm really on my husband about this. I'm always like, clean up your friends. It's like they don't see them. But check. I know. Leave it in the condition in which you found it. That's what I always say to him. Yeah. Your relationship's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it in the condition in which you found it. It's what I'm always saying to him. No gift shop. (laughs) No merch. (laughs) I'm trying to instill the rules in my husband. (laughs) Didn't I say at the top of this podcast how he, like, never complained the whole time I was away in Melbourne? Because he can't get a word in. Oh, dear. Shout out to the husbands. Yeah. They're good eggs. But the poo hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Get it together. Maybe that's why you're getting worms. (laughs) Can I tell you, I've discovered a bit of a knack with doing a poo at someone else's house. Oh, my God. This is taking a turn. But okay, share. (laughs) Well... Doesn't everyone have anxiety about pooing either in a public toilet or when you're at a friend's sure. house? Yeah. You don't want to be like, hey, how are you? Can I use your loo? And like <laughs> drop a stinky shit in that loo. Yeah. And you don't want to leave skitties, no. like any of that. 
Oh my god, where is this going? <laughs> We're so highbrow. Look, some people might appreciate my tips, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I used to get a bit of toilet paper mm-hmm. and put it in the toilet bowl before... Oh, to stop the plop. <laughs> yes, you know when you're a public toilet... You don't want anyone in the cubicle next to you to hear that shit. You've got to dampen that sound. You've got to dampen that sound. So you just fill the bowl with a little bit of loo roll and it stops the funk (laughs) into the bowl. But here's my other trick. You know how you have a half flush and a full flush? Mm -hmm. Pretty much everyone uses a full flush to flush away a poo. Mm -hmm. But half flush, quite powerful, still handy. What you do is you press the half flush as soon as you release. Not only does it prevent skiddies because you flushed. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I've got a podcast. Oh, what do you talk about? We talk shit. That's all we do. So when you half flush upon release, not only does it prevent skiddies, but no smell because it hasn't had a moment. How often are you shitting in other people's toilets? You've thought about this too much. <laughs> How does it prevent skiddies? Is it just like because your, your poo takes like a pike dive into a whirlpool? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's got no chance to stick. <laughs> but for me, it's the no smell factor. How does it take the smell? Maybe the velocity of the water sucks up the odour and takes it down. It's not hanging around in the bowl to linger. And so it's gone in that half flush. Then you do a wipe, chuck the loo roll in, do the second half flush so it's not wasteful. It's still the equivalent of a full flush. No mess, no evidence. I love the idea that someone follows you on Instagram. <laughs> And sees this perfect curated life. And then they stumble upon the podcast. Maybe this is their first listen. And they go, what's the latest app? <laughs> I'll give that a listen. And then this is what they hear. This is the brand you're putting out into the world. Do you know what? I reckon this is a really helpful tip. And I reckon a lot of people are going to try it. And they're going to thank me later. We've talked about a lot this episode. But really what we're going to get the DMs about is like, so I tried the half pike the half pike half flush it worked i tried it thank you Gemma peanut (laughs) so back on the topic of wastefulness yes i've been feeling a lot of pressure about being an eco warrior on instagram Mm -hmm. i really care about the environment but i also love convenience (laughs) it's a real battle it is a battle and look i'm not all for things like soft plastics and stuff, but I've always been that mum that's like, oh no, I'm going to use disposable nappies. Oh, yeah. I feel a bit torn because I feel like there's a bit of virtue signaling going on with a lot of influencers on Instagram lately where they're really pushing just how green and eco-friendly their lives are. Mm. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, maybe it's good that that messaging is out there all the time. Yeah, it can't hurt. I've got a friend who's a vegan, a real eco-warrior. Her whole business is built around sustainability. And I, when we first became friends, I was like really trying around her to be as conscious as I could, even though I generally try to be anyway. You do, but you feel like you put on a performance of it almost. And she said to me, oh my God, it's so not about being perfect. Because no one's going to get it right 100% of the time. Yeah. Like, you just do your best and you educate yourself. Just little actions that you can do are going to make a huge help. And that was the turning point for me as well. Yeah. Hearing that you can just do a little bit. Yeah. To try your best and do a little bit better for the environment. You don't have to do everything. Because sometimes it's overwhelming, the thought of, like, trying to be green two million percent of the time I think as long as it's top of mind and you do your best like that's that's pretty good right I think so do you know we haven't had glad wrap in three years I don't even have those like covers or anything we just put food in a bowl or in a Tupperware container in the fridge yeah and there's literally once you just say I'm never buying that again you Mm. often find you don't really need it well I'm just thinking off the top of my head that I don't use much glad wrap at all yeah but the, you, back in the day, it used to be like, chuck that in, cover yeah. it with Glad Wrap, wrap that bit of cheese up in Glad Wrap, whatever. You can just put things in the crisper or in a Tupperware container or whatever in your fridge and yeah. it's just fine. The only time I find it difficult is if you're like taking a salad around to someone. Wow, I'm so mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're taking a salad around to a friend's house for lunch. <laughs> but that is the time where you're like, oh, okay, this could use some saran wrap. Well, I do know that there are brands of reusable Glad Yeah, but they're wrap. shit. Are they? You've tried them it's like takes you 15 minutes to get the corner and then you go i've got it i've got it and you start pulling it and then it like a big hole comes in the middle and it like doesn't stick yeah 
Even glad wrap itself is hard to wrangle. Yes. We use foil still and we have baking paper. Yeah. And I know they're do. not perfect. But there is a brand that sells all this. Seed and Sprout. Oh, yeah. I do love their products. Yeah, they're and awesome. And I have made a deal with myself to invest in more of those things because you will use them yeah, if you buy them. absolutely. I've got the face cloths. Oh. Yeah, like an exfoliating face pad. Yes, 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 set. yes. Yeah, and then the little bag that you just chuck them in and then you wash them in one go in the bag. Great. Yeah, it's awesome. Love it. Yeah, love them. But I do sometimes scroll through Instagram and I get hit with the guilt that I'm not doing as much as I could be doing. Yeah, but none of us are. No, I know. But then at the same time, I know that there's a bunch of trolls on Instagram who do troll influencers for being virtue signalers when it comes to trying to be eco-warriors. Oh, sure. And a part of me is like, well, you can't do it perfectly. And you can't police people when their intentions are pure. Like, we all should have it top of mind. Yeah. Just like anything, it's just about not being perfect and not being hard on yourself. But also, it's not a reason to not do any of it. No, Because totally. you're not going to get it right. You do heaps. You you wear a keep cup. You know? Stop. <laughs> Calling it a keep cup. You use a reusable face wipe, you know, you don't... Wait, back on the keep cup. (laughs) A few dear listeners slid into our DMs asking how you're going with the period cup. Oh, guys, I just didn't get around to it this month. (gasps) I know, I'm the worst. See, I'm not perfect. No, you're not. I know, I used tampons this time because it was just a hectic... Oh, here I go with excuses, but it was just a hectic week and I didn't get online and buy the one I wanted to buy and I didn't have it on me, so then it it crept up on me and I was like, oh, there it is, stuck a sticker tampon in. No, I get it. I get that. I really do have motivations to do it. I'm going to... You know what? I'm going to order it tonight. It is a bit of a mental G-up. I feel like you need to have it in the mail already. before your period comes and when it arrives and you open it you're kind of like all right next period we're doing this yeah because it's not as simple as like oh I've got my period oh pull my cup out oh shit I haven't read the instructions I need to watch all your 27 YouTube videos and all that stuff yeah exactly (laughs) you've got to be mentally prepared for it because it is such a big adjustment so in short I'm not going anywhere with it but I'll I'll keep you posted but Back on the eco guilt. So my daughter's school is fiercely eco conscious, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And they have lots of different environmental initiatives, but we're a soft plastics free school. Oh, that's great. It's great, but it makes lunchboxes really tricky. Oh, God. So was... you can't send a packet of tiny teddies or a muesli bar or anything that's in a plastic wrapping. But can you open it at home and put it in their lunchbox? Oh, you no? can. Well, yes, you can do that. Or if you mess up, which I do often, regularly, they just make you bring it home. So you have to recycle it. Ah. And there is, they do have a soft plastics depository at school as well. So sometimes I'll go down there with a bag of stuff from home and put that in there because they recycle it properly. And they also taught us about the foil ball. Do you know about this? No. So if you just chuck a little bit of foil in the bin, it goes into landfill. But if you collect it and you make a ball the size of, what would you call that? A knitting? I was going to say a knitting tennis yarn? ball? No, a bit bigger. Like a ball Snow of, globe. Like a large like snow a globe. Like a ball of yarn. <laughs> like a large snow globe. <laughs> you know, a universal snow globe size. <laughs> that size. Yep. If you create a ball like that, you can put it in the recycling and they'll recycle it. I don't know why, but that's the rule. I feel like it's something that I'm definitely still learning about. Yeah. And you know, also, you can take Tupperware to the butcher. That's great. Yeah, you don't have to turn up with like... But doesn't your butcher wrap things in paper? Often it's plastic and then paper, like sausages and things. So if you take your Tupperware to the butcher or wherever... They yeah. can like just fill up your Tupperware with sausages. It doesn't yes. have to be wrapped. It's just like changing those little mindsets. And I'm all for it. But I must admit that eco guilt is another layer in my life that I'm like, oh, fuck, here's another thing. Like when yeah. I go get a coffee and I forget my keep cup yeah. and I feel like, God, is everyone judging me because I'm walking around yeah. with my plastic lidded? My sister's so good. She has a rule with herself. Too. She's forgotten her keep cup, no coffee. Fair rule. Dedicated. I don't know. I feel really good about the no glad wrap. And also, I bought my kids stainless steel water bottles two years ago now, and we have not had to buy a single water bottle. You so know, good. When you have plastic ones, you're constantly rebuying plastic yes. ones. Yeah, it's so worth investing. In fact, that's going to be my hashtag not sponsored today. I'm going to get on that, actually, because yeah. my kids do have plastic, and they go moldy, and yeah, then you chuck them the out, and then you buy new yeah, ones. Yeah, they're just so wasteful. And that mine are at an age now where they could go with a stainless steel. It's Maybe no not- different. A baby can have them. The ones I've got, yeah. there's a spout. I'm, okay, I've got the best not sponsored. Should okay. we get into it? <laughs> yes, let's. Okay, so my hashtag not sponsored this week is 
a stainless steel water bottle. And do you know what? They're niche and they're from Norway or something weird. But I know somewhere you can get them. Worldwide shipping, really reasonable price, beautiful colors, different sizes. It's Bon Tot. And that is at Bon underscore Tot on Instagram. And I will put a link in the show notes because they do these amazing blafra. Blafra? I think it's how you say it. Blafre. Like I said, it's quirky Norwegian eco water bottles, but they're beautiful. They look nice. I have the adult size for me and I've had it for two and a half years. So good. And the kids have had theirs for two and a half years. They never go moldy. You just can replace the spout if they like chew it too much and it gets a bit wonky or whatever. But again, I've only had to replace the spouts once. Love it. I'm going to get on that. Bontot stainless steel water bottles. What is your hashtag? Not sponsored. My hashtag not sponsored is a doco. Which one? I'm so fucking passionate about this. I'm going to make a big call. Okay. Is it bigger than Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it is the best music artist documentary I have ever seen. So I am a junkie. For docos yeah. about musicians. I know you I, are. I just freaking love them. I've you also love a concert all. movie. Love a concert movie. Here for it. Billie Eilish? Yes. Oh. The world's a little blurry. It is a masterpiece. Is it? Yes. Okay. RJ Cutler, who directed it, did such an incredible job. I'm a fan of some of his previous work, especially the September issue, which drew back the curtain on Anna Wintour and her team producing the, I think it was the 2007 issue of Vogue. Brilliant. So they put Billie Eilish's documentary in more than capable hands. What I love about it is that he jumped on to this project before she exploded. Wow. So it was like people just knew there's something about this kid. Yeah. The only other person I've had that real life experience with, and this sounds like a real like, I have a famous friend flex, yeah. but I don't mean for it to come across that way. But the first time I met Margot Robbie. Name drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't avoid it. <laughs> but the first time I met Margot, I was like, you have this je ne sais quoi. Yeah. You've just got it. You've just got it. It's yeah. that X factor. It's the yeah. first time. You know when people talk about X factor? It's Alex f- Russell. Same. Right, friend yes. of mine. When I was like, when I first met him, and he was a baby, and I was like, he's fucking got it. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. put your finger on it. Yeah, it's the X factor. It's the X factor. Yeah. A whole group of people must have known that about Billie Eilish. It is the most raw, honest. It's almost like a love letter to family. Oh, which was the bit that caught me off guard. Yeah, right. Because. The thing about music artist documentaries is like, yeah, like you can watch Katy Perry's one or Justin Bieber's one. Love Katy Perry's one. No, I do love Katy Perry's one. And you can be like, oh, look at her being raw and with her heart on her sleeve. But for me, I can still smell an agenda. Like it still feels like... You can see the production. I can see the production and I can see the narrative they're crafting to put out there. Okay. With Billie Eilish's doco, it's as raw and real, honest and truthful as it gets. There's no ulterior motive. There's nothing that they're trying to push. It's just her. And yes, she's a brat at times. And yes, she's a typical teenager. And yes, you witness her genius. And yes, you witness her brother's genius. And then you're like, is it possible that two prodigies can come from one family? Yes, There's a real lesson in parenting in how her mum and dad, having such young children, reach such stardom. Is her brother her producer or something? Phineas, yeah. So her brother and her have the most inspiring relationship. Like, I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I hope Rafa and Iggy are as thick as thieves as they are. He's her music producer. He's the only person she trusts to work with. She hates songwriting and it's so interesting because there's moments where she's like, I hate this. I hate writing music. And she's such a tortured artist. Yeah, right. Now, I am a diehard Billie Eilish fan. However, I do think you can enjoy this documentary and gain so much from it if you're not that familiar. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her at all. Yeah. I couldn't even sing a song. You would. I know. I'm sure I know You just don't know. All I know about her is her her hairdo this week broke the internet. It did. Yeah. The most light. (laughs) She had the green hair, right? Yeah. The green roots. Yeah. And the dark hair. And now she's blonde. Yeah, she's a bombshell blonde. Yeah. She's the one, right, where it's like, I'm not giving the world my body. Like, I'm wearing baggy clothes. No one's going to sexualize me that way. Yes. Props. Major props. Yeah. But what's really fascinating in the documentary, something that she keeps really private is her love life. 
And you oh. actually witness a teenage relationship oh. on the documentary and it's quite heartbreaking oh. because her star is going stratospheric yeah, and yet she's this needy oh. girl yeah. like on the other end of a phone to her boyfriend being like, can we hang out? And he's a bit like, well, no. Oh. Yeah, it's fascinating. Wow. And then your heart aches for the parents who just want to protect her from that but yeah. they can't yeah, wow. because they've also got to let her live her life highly highly recommend I'm a little bit nervous now because I feel like I've talked it up yeah you do love much. to do that I, I did this with Bridgerton so <laughs> Billie Eilish the world's a little blurry yeah take, <laughs> take it or leave it, it. <laughs> if you want <laughs> if you want not, no pressure <laughs> not that great but worth a look <laughs> Cue the outro. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. When the sky falls. <laughs> What's Billie Eilish's? I don't know it. No time to die. Oh my God, it's so good. Ooh. Our harmonies were really off just then. Soz. I can't bring it every time. <laughs> and here's the woman who wants a big band to back it. Hey, then it'll be recorded. Sure. None of this live shit. One day we'll go live. <laughs>